You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Good morning, everyone. Deb Timmerman here. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life, and this is episode 15. And I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help you move from bringing stress to feeling your best. Today, we're going to talk about five different behaviors everyone experiences when they're stressed. We've probably covered these five behaviors before in one or more of our episodes, but we've never talked about them all in one episode. Can you share what those five behaviors are? I think you're right. I think we have talked about them and and I think it's going to be really helpful to put them all together so that people can now begin to think about who am I and how does this fit for me? So the first one is fight and that one we recognize probably pretty quickly flight freeze faint or fawn which is sometimes um called tender befriend it's not one we've heard a lot about before but all of these behaviors are known as stress responses and it's how we react when we encounter a stressful situation so Like we mentioned, we've talked about this before, especially fight or flight. But for those people who maybe haven't heard our podcast before, could you talk about each one of those in a little more detail, please? Fight can show up as an explosive outburst. It catches you off guard. Perhaps, you know, there's a physical element about hitting or punching. Might be with words. You know, we've all seen situations where people have said things that were really hurtful, um, probably as hurtful as if they actually physically hit you. Flight, of course, is when we take ourselves away from that situation. Maybe we run, we hide. We just are overwhelmed um, with the situation and we find ourselves in avoidance behaviors. Out of those two, fight or flight, which do you see more often with the people that you work with? I have to think a little bit about this because I think it's probably the fight. And the reason I say that is because fight is is a little, um, I would say, is less socially acceptable. It's the one that's more obvious. It's obvious in the workplace. It's obvious, you know, in our, our homes. It's the one that um, leaves a stronger impact on the people around us. You know, if we take ourselves from the situation, the flight, it's not quite the same. So I would say the for people who come to me, they are most motivated because of that fight response that they have. I would agree with that. Usually someone who comes that has had an angry outburst is either their 
some one of their friends tells them that it's time to get help or they've done something or said something to a friend or within a family that just rocks their world. I think most of us don't feel like we're capable of that kind of anger. I tend toward anger in some situations. It takes a lot to get me heated up, but when I spew, I spew. And once you do that, you can't take that back. It's done. So then there's collateral damage and you've got to do this repair kind of thing. Has there been someone that you've worked with before who was in that fight kind of response that was able to learn from recognizing what they were doing? For sure. I worked with a a person who hadn't been introduced to any of these tools before. And at the first conversation, they shared with me that they stayed angry for three days after that response. And a little bit of effort, they, less than a month, they were able to understand what that feeling was and to actually self-regulate and, and find a way back. They were shocked at how easily it that response could be quieted but you're right all of that collateral damage that goes on um, has people often walking on eggshells and fearful about when it, it might blow and then there are people who are living that stress and everything seems to be okay and then the explosion comes even they are shocked and surprised that it's happened but it has been building over time. Yeah, I particularly find that with parents that have teenage children. Teenagers are going through their testing phase and trying to push parental buttons and parents are trying to manage work and all the other things that happen and they push that button one too many times and there's, I would say sometimes they come to blows and it might be words, but it could also be physical. Our first inclination is to hurt when we're hurt and so recognizing that and being able to take a step back is really important for those people who are more on the flight side you talked about them avoiding things what might that look like in a family or workplace situation what kinds of behaviors would they avoid could be avoiding maybe if they sat down to look at the things they needed to do that day and if there were things that they knew created stress and they only know because of how it makes them feel they might put that to the bottom of the list so it may be labeled procrastination it could be things like taxes we might put those things off because we really, we know that it makes us anxious to go through that exercise. When a family situation could be just maybe not even having those conversations that we know we need to have. We're just avoiding situations because it feels like the path of least resistance. What we really don't understand is that the stress is still occurring. Yeah, and taking its toll, it's like you're suffering in silence and you're Mm -hmm. keeping all of that on the inside, whereas the person who's angry at least spouts and gets it off. 
And those people who are those flight kind of people, they hold that all inside. Yeah, you're right. And that is the dangerous aspect of it because their their body knows that they're stressed perhaps people on the uh, there people around them may not know that they are i could hold a good amount of stress when i was working in a professional career and so my vice was always um drank diet coke every day and not anymore but back then and so when i was particularly stressed I would quietly walk to the vending machine and get a bag of chips and a chocolate bar. And on my way back, people would know that this was a signal that even though everything looked okay on the outside, that chips and chocolate bar was a dead giveaway. So we talked about flight and fight. Let's move on to freeze. Can you talk about what freeze looks like? Freeze is really about shutting down, not being able to make a move, you know, whether it's a decision, maybe you can't think straight. Um, it's just that almost like a paralysis. And we've all felt that at times. If you think about you get up and you're just overwhelmed with how much needs to be done that day. It just feels like it would be easier to lay on the couch and watch Netflix. We're in that freeze experience where we just are paralyzed. We can't move forward. I think a great description of freeze is when you're thinking about an incident and you go through that. I wish I would have said, because there are no words during the time that this is happening. And then afterwards, you might get angry because you weren't able to respond or maybe give voice to what you were thinking. And a lot of times we get caught up in that. So fainting's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, you just, basically the body needs a reset. So you pass out and it gives you that time to reset. But fawning is not. Let's talk about what the fawning response is and how that might look. Yeah, fawning is really about tend and befriend or care. And I know this one all too well uh, because it really has a bit of an Achilles heel. Um, when I'm stressed, I go into overcare and my husband and I both do. And so if we're stressed about what's happening to somebody or something, we cook, take things to people. We want to take care of them. And so in small doses, you know, it's everybody's kind of happy most of the time. You know, when it gets to a place where we've um, tipped over, and if we go too far, then you can fall into that resentment. Maybe we think people don't appreciate. And so it's uh, on the surface people wouldn't necessarily label that as a stress response, but there are a lot of people who um, fall into this category, I would say, lots of carers. I would agree. And I think oftentimes the cooking is like an episodic thing, but there are those people who are in that overcare all the time who always put others' needs before their own 
and mm-hmm. they don't understand why they're so tired or why they're running ragged. Sometimes they create a lot of drama around that as well. I can think of family situations, extended family situations, where someone in the family had an issue and the whole family was up in arms and they were all focusing on trying to fix that situation, yet Mm -hmm. ignoring their own needs and maybe their own children's needs as well. Yeah, overcare is is a tricky one. And I don't think we recognize it often enough. I'm a little quicker now than I would have used to been. So I've talked on this podcast about my mom passing. And so I was a big caregiver for her, probably into some overcare. And so now the stress for me is trying to fill that time and that space with whatever. And so am I falling back into an overcare behavior for something or someone else? Or am I creating a healthy behavior? I think that's easy to do when you're in those patterns. Often when I do a workshop, I use this five styles of stress response as a way for people to introduce themselves. Kind of breaks the ice. And often people will say, I don't have a primary, it depends on the situation. So that's pretty common to have different responses in different situations. Can you talk more about why that happens? For sure, because our brain forms these unconscious memories of events, things that have happened that we may draw upon in any given situation for a response. And sometimes these emotions are strong. And we go back to what happened to us at that time. What were we feeling? And maybe we don't even really remember what what the memory was. It just happens. So sometimes we feel like we're a little bit out of control. Well, I think that's a great point and a good segue to why it's so important to know what your responses are. You can't change what you don't recognize. And what you just described, we've talked about before as well, but that negativity bias of the brain to go there out of default rather than what we want it to do. Why else do we need to be aware of what's happening to us so that we can move forward? Well, I think life can be easier. We don't have to allow stress to have the same amount of power over us moving forward. If we have tools to interrupt that stress behavior, that stress experience, then we can respond in a way that feels much more comfortable to us and those around us and doesn't drain us the same way as we might be from those experiences. Because the truth is, if we have a fight or a flight response, you know, we know that that zaps our energy. And at the end of the day, we probably feel regret and wish that it hadn't happened. At the same time, without a tool and a way to interrupt that, it just happens. Yeah, that reminds me of going down the expressway and having someone pull out in front of you. That's a very easy response to understand the stress response because you can feel that immediately. But some of these other things that are happening, 
are not so easy to detect. So that awareness is key. So our call to action this week is for you to think about what your default stress behavior is and then be mindful of those other behaviors that you might have in different situations and reflect on why you're responding the way that you are. If you're ready to change those patterns, we would love to help you. We have a masterclass coming up tomorrow night with some easy breath tools that you can use to help interrupt that response and help train yourself a new stress lens. So we hope you can join us. Until next time, take care. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.